Hello to my most wonderful partners, God's precious people, God's wonderful family. I am glad today to be with you live. I am so excited to teach on this today, the deity of the Lord Jesus, how important the subject is, and to him be the praise. Listen, I'm going to wait till you all get on, and I'm going to just quickly say my hellos to all of you wonderful people of God, and thank you again for joining me. And listen, share this teaching with your friends, because honestly, we need the word of God. We need to know what the Bible says about the deity of the Lord, so, so important. But very quickly, let me just say my hellos to Selani and Carolina, then Irini, oh, that's wonderful. I told you already, you have the most amazing names. And hello to Minal, hello to Isaac. Listen, share this with your friends as we come on. Uh, hello to Magdalene. And, uh, oh, thank you. And Missy Russell, God bless you too, dear. Hello to Agu. Hello to Sam. Listen, tell your friends, this is going to be a most important teaching today on the deity of the Lord Jesus because we have got to understand the importance. I'm going to shut my phone so nobody calls me. So let's go to Matthew 22. Matthew 22 and verse 41 and 42. And as you're joining us, welcome to all of you, wonderful people of God. And today again, the deity of Jesus Christ, so important. Matthew 22, 41, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? Let's pray, wonderful Lord. I pray that you will speak to our hearts today in a mighty way. Touch your wonderful, holy people, Lord, today. Strengthen them. Establish them in your word. Establish your word in them also. In Jesus' glorious name, we give you the glory. And God's people said, Amen. What think you of Christ? The question that our, our precious Lord put before the Pharisees is the most fundamental, most important question to each one of us, in fact. Because Jesus himself is the center of Christianity. So this is the most fundamental of all questions because it concerns our faith. And let me just say something. Once a person holds the right view of who Jesus truly is, then every other question in life will be put in the right view. Once the, the question is answered on who is Jesus, and we get the right view of who he is, then we're going to get the right view on everything in life. And anyone that has the wrong views on who the Lord Jesus is, anyone who has the wrong view on who he is, will get the wrong views on everything else in life because Jesus is the center of life. And so this question of when the Lord said here in Matthew 22, 42, he said, what do you think of Jesus? What think you of Christ? This is the most important question. Is Jesus really God? 
And I'm going to ask you to share this teaching with your friends because there's a lot of questions about this today. Is he truly God? So, because, you see, people say, well, he's divine. Many say he's divine, but he's not God. Um, and it, in fact, at one time, at one time, divinity and deity were the same thing. Today, it's not the same thing because the devil is attacking the, this truth about the Lord. Is he, is he divine? Is he God? Some will say, well, he is divine, but not God. Well, that's not what the Bible teaches. He is God Almighty, and he is divine. I'm going to prove it to you from the Word. So the devil today is attacking this, this truth because some already teach that Jesus is one way to heaven, not the way to heaven. Some even teach on the atonement. Even pastors who teach on the atonement don't believe Jesus is the atonement. Yet they teach on the atonement but they don't believe he is the, the atonement, that he's some kind of a, a, a substitute. So he is the only way to heaven. And, and uh, you know, when people talk about the Lord, uh, he, they're not talking about the Lord of the four Gospels because some teach, well, um, it's only a principle that Christ is not a uh, God Almighty. He's, he's a principle, whatever that means. I don't even know what they mean by that. It's kind of bizarre. But I want to show you from the Word of God that he is God Almighty. He's the same God who created the heavens and the earth. He's the same God that brought Israel out of Egypt. He's the same God that divided the Red Sea. He's the same God who took him into the Promised Land. He's the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is God Almighty. And we need to understand when, when someone asks us a question that we will have the right answers. Like what proves that he is God Almighty? I'm going to show you all that, okay? Now, that person born in Bethlehem who lived for 33 years on the earth as seen in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, crucified on Calvary, rose from the dead on the third day, exalted and ascended to heaven, seated at God's right hand, is he God? Was he God manifest in the flesh? Is he worthy then of our faith? Is he worthy then of our love and our obedience, our worship, just as much as God the Father? And why do we believe so? So, uh, no one is wise enough no one is intelligent enough on their own to defeat the devil on this question. Only the Holy Spirit gives us that foundation in our life. Because believing up here is not enough. So I think sometimes we have to be grounded in such a way by the Holy Spirit through the scriptures so that no devil, no demon, not even Satan himself or anyone he uses can confuse us or cause us a, a question to arise that will pull people astray. So we, we, ha we have to be thoroughly sound on, on this point. It's very important. We'd be sound because this is so important without it there is no Christianity. There is no faith. So let's go to John 
the Gospel of John 20. This is really important, and I, I want you to really share this with your friends. This may be one of the most important teachings I've brought in a long time. And I want to read verse 31 of John 20. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. So here it is very evident from these words that this question of is he God is not a matter of opinion because this concerns our salvation. It's what keeps us in the faith. It's the very life, the very life of the word of God that Jesus has to be viewed rightly. He is God Almighty. So it's the very life of the word, the very life of scripture. And I'm going to now begin to give you many passages that he is God Almighty. Let's begin with Revelation chapter 1. So in Revelation chapter 1, beginning at verse 17, and, and again, please follow with me and and underline those scriptures, all right? So in Revelation 1.17, it says, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and I am the last. Wow. Jesus said very clearly to John, I am the first, I am the last. Let's go to Isaiah 44. Isaiah 44 and verse 6. It says, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. So in Revelation 117, in Isaiah 44, 6, it's the same one speaking. God says in Isaiah, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, he's speaking as one, I'm the first, I'm the last, beside me there is no God. So here we see the first beautiful scripture, both Old and New Testament, that he is God Almighty and there's no other. Now, let's look at Revelation 22, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some wonderful, powerful points where you have to kind of, uh, this will really, really help you. But let's go to uh, Revelation 22, verse 12. But, but I was saying earlier, I'm going to show you what proof do we have from Scripture that God is God? Like, what do we look for to know that he is God? I'm going to show you that in just a second. And there's actually some powerful points there. But look at Revelation quickly at 22, 12. And behold, I come quickly. My reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am the Alpha, I am the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Powerful. Now, let's go to Revelation 1, 8 very quickly. Revelation 1, 8. 
And I want you to, again, make sure you underline those scriptures. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the ending, said the Lord, which is, which was, which is to come, the Almighty. Now, Paul, the apostle, the apostle in 1 Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 8, says these words, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now, Paul here speaks of Jesus as the Lord of glory. So there's no question that he is Jehovah, the Lord of glory, when you look at Psalms 24. So notice what I've been giving you. Paul calls the Lord the Lord of glory. Here again in 1 Corinthians 2.8. Let's go now to the Psalms, Psalm 24, and let's read for, for ourselves again what the Bible says in the Old Covenant about him. It says in verse 8, let's just read this so powerful, who is this king of glory? Now, Paul just said he is the Lord of glory. Had they known, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. David asks, who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. <laughs> I love this. The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. So Paul calls him the Lord of glory in Corinthians. David says, who is this king of glory? He is the Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. It's the same Lord. I love it. And this king of glory, the Bible says, was crucified. The king of glory was crucified. One more time. You may have missed it. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 8. Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So the same one who was crucified is the Lord of glory, the Lord of hosts. That's what David said. So he is God Almighty. Look at Romans chapter 9. You know, it really kind of upsets me at times when I hear preachers questioning this. Is Jesus God? What Bible are they reading? I don't get it. Romans 9 and verse 5, Paul the Apostle says, Whose are the fathers, and of whom as concerning the flesh Christ came, who is over all God, blessed forever. So Paul makes it very clear that Jesus is God, Almighty. So Romans 9, 5, who are, whose are the fathers, and of whom as concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is over all God, blessed forever. Amen. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8. And, and there's countless of scriptures. There's so many in the Bible that Jesus is 
the same God who divided the Red Sea, the same God who took Israel out of Egypt, the same God who led them through the wilderness, the same God who gave them the promised land, the same God who spoke to Abraham before that, the same God who created the world. By him all things were made. He is the Word. He is God Almighty. Hebrews 1, verse 8, And unto the Son he saith, now this is, of course, the writer to the Hebrews saying, Unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. So when we say Jesus is the Son of God, we simply mean God in the flesh. That's what it means. God in the flesh. Now, let me, let me show you a few things that we'll talk about more tomorrow, and I'll give you scriptures on each one of them. So here are the things you look for. Here's the, the things you have to, to verify. When you look and, and say, okay, what do I need from the scripture to show that he is God, that God is God? Well, number one, omnipotent. Omnipotent. Almighty. Number two, omnipresence. That he is present at all times in all places. Because for God to be God, he must be what? Omnipotent and omnipresent. Number three, not only that, omniscience, all-knowing. For God to be God, he must be almighty, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient, all-knowing. Then, eternal. For God to be God, he must be eternal. And for God to be God, he must be unchangeable. Immutability, unchangeable. And Jesus fits every one of them. I'm going to show you from Scripture. I'll begin today, finish tomorrow, that he is omnipotent. He is omnipresent. He is omniscient. He is eternal, and he is unchangeable. That's what makes God, God. So this is what the Bible teaches quite clearly. For God to be God, he must be omnipotent. He must be omnipresent. He must be, um, uh, uh, sorry, omni, omniscience or all-knowing. And then he must be eternal and unchangeable. So let's look quickly at Ephesians chapter 1 and let's look at the Lord. There we see all-powerful, omnipotent Jesus is. And in verse 20 of Ephesians 1, we read these words, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, in every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and that put all things under his feet, gave him to be the head over all things to the church, 
which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Wow. So here we see in this portion in Ephesians 1, it says that Jesus has been given power over all principality, all power, I'm reading verse 21, all power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Complete power. And I want to show you quickly Hebrews, and we'll have to continue this tomorrow because there's so much I want to show you about each point. And we're going to cover all this in two days. So in two days of teaching, I'm going to prove to you from the Word of God that Jesus is God Almighty. In Hebrews 1.3, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So Jesus is the brightness of God's glory, the express image of his, of his person. The express image of his person. Wow. Now, I want to I wanna discuss one more because I think it's so important to look at omnipresence, that the Lord is omnipresent. And then we'll, th- we'll talk about omniscience. But let's talk about omnipresent. In Matthew 18, and please make sure to write all these scriptures down, will you? Matthew 18 and verse 20, he said this. He said, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst. All right. Let's look at Matthew 28 and verse 20 there. Because see, this shows to us he is omnipresent. In Matthew 28, verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Omnipresent. John 14. John 14. And again, verse 20. And, And the Lord said, At that day, ye shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you, omnipresent. Let's look at Ephesians 1.23. And by the way, if you're not getting every scripture, go back and listen to this teaching again. Okay, look at verse 23, Ephesians 1, which is his Bible. Well, let's just kind of, Let me read 22 and 23. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head of over all all things to the church, which is his body. He's the fullness of him that fills all in all. He fills all in all means what? Omnipresent. And then John 8. And you know, I can give you many more scriptures, but I'm going to give you only some of them. Because today there is a vicious attack against this truth. And sadly, some in the church are believing the lie of the enemy. In John 8, 58 
Verily I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. So, so powerful. I want to stop here because tomorrow I'm going to continue with omniscience and and also, and please remember those, those four points I gave you. Let me give them to you again. For God to be God, he, he must be omnipotent. He must be omnipresent. He, mu- he must be omniscient, knowing all, pro- all knowing. He must be eternal and unchangeable. That's what makes God, God. And now, you know, I, I kind of, there's so much information. I can go on for weeks teaching on this. But I wanted to just give you enough today and tomorrow that you can use to be a witness and to bring that truth to people that you may know even inside the church who are questioning it. I, I was watching uh, a program that preachers were talking about, is Jesus God or the Son of God? And I said, what, why are they even having this program? Are they bringing confusion? He is God Almighty. Quite simple, it's all over the Bible. And my point in this teaching is to show you and prove to you from the Word, from the Scriptures, He is God Almighty in both Old and New Testament. So join me tomorrow. And you know, I want to discuss also with you, God willing, we'll have uh, you know, time to talk about His divine offices, for example, for God to be God, he must be creator. He must be preserver. He must forgive sins. He must raise the dead. He must transform bodies. He must judge. And he must be the one who gives life eternal. And all these connect with Jesus. Every one of these points, he is creator. He is preserver. He did forgive sins and does. He does raise the dead. He does transform bodies. He does judge. And he also gives life eternal. So for God to be God, he must also be what I just mentioned here. And we're going to give you all that. I know I'm, gonna, I'm giving you a lot of information now. But first, I'm going to deal with these powerful four keys. What makes God God? I'm going to finish that tomorrow and then go on to his divine offices that prove he's God Let's pray, Lord, thank you for your word. Blessed be your holy name, God Almighty. We give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. Establish your people in your Lord. Establish them in the faith. Establish them in the scriptures. For your mighty name's sake, wonderful Jesus. Amen. If you don't know him, ask him to come into your heart today. He is an ever-present help in time of trouble. Yes, give him your life. Just say, dear Lord, I surrender to you. You are God Almighty. I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you everything. Take my life, Lord, and live your life in me. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. It's time to give because we love him. It's time to sow seed because we believe his promises. We are living in days today we hadn't seen in years. 
And the only way to be secure financially is to obey his word. Because he's the one who said give. He's the one who said that the tithe belongs to the Lord. He's the one who said honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruits of your increase. So shall your barns be filled with plenty and your presses with new wine. And God will fulfill it when we obey his word and when we trust him with our future financially. Not only trusting him with our hearts. You know, the only person who will never give God his money is the person who has not given him his heart. Because when you've given the Lord your heart, it's so easy to obey when it comes to finances. Because this is in the Bible. No man will appear before me empty, he said. That's the way we honor him. In fact, it's also worship. It says, worship the Lord with your offering in the Psalms. So as you give today, I pray the Lord will bless you financially, keep you, protect you, and no lack in your life financially. In Jesus' name, Lord, we believe and we thank you for your promises. Amen. All right, you can give right now on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, benhin.org, or you can also text BHM45777. A quick announcement, beginning next week, next Monday, I'm going to start coming to you at 8 a.m. on the East Coast. So beginning next Monday, we'll tell you more to remind you, because we come right now to you at 1 p.m. I'm going to change it. Beginning next Monday, uh, we will be coming to you every morning at 8, and we'll repeat it at 9 p.m. also for the people still waking up in other parts of the world. So that's beginning next week. Thank you for being with me, and I'll see you tomorrow. Much love. Bye-bye.